Welcome to What Living Means. I'm Vanessa Jasinski. On this special bonus episode, we are continuing to explore the idea of home as a personal sanctuary. You'll hear from two industry professionals about how manufactured housing can help relieve the financial stresses of high rents and long-term mortgages. Whether you are an empty nester looking to downsize or a travel-seeking millennial, manufactured housing offers solutions that can meet any budget. Justin Despain is business development manager at Clayton Homes, the largest builder of manufactured housing and modular homes in the United States. He'll walk us through the technical aspects of how factory-built homes deliver incredible quality at a buyer-friendly price point. To start off, can you share with us how manufactured housing is able to meet this pricing? So being able to build a home's offsite, indoors, without weather delays, certainly helps us save time and money through the build process. And then we build homes with appliances that are purchased in bulk. So we, we purchase the materials in bulk to also help pass savings on to the customer. And an example of cost savings would be uh, material waste. So we have exact specifications of all of our homes. A typical manufacturer will have 40 different homes that they build and they'll know exact measurements of all those homes. And so we're able to divert waste from landfills. In 2017, we had diverted over 17,000 tons of waste. And we're really excited about that. Wow, that's great, especially when it comes to sustainability. Um, So you were mentioning a little bit about how uh, the homes are built in factories. I'm sure the QC standards or the quality control standards of these homes are just phenomenal. My husband is a builder, and so he's out in the environment all the time, and the lumberyards stack up you know, all of the wood outside, it's exposed to the rain, the snow, the sun. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, the way it's manufactured in your factory. So obviously covered, you mentioned less waste, not as many environmental constraints with building in a factory. We take the building process and we expand it out exponentially. So you might have one on a traditional on-site construction, you might have the same framing crew go from the ground up with the house we have someone that we call them craftsmen. And so we'll have craftsmen that will specialize in flooring only. So they'll do the floors and then it'll pass off to the next department who will build the walls and the next the roof goes on. And so everyone's really specialized in what they do so they can pay attention to precision and quality. When you talk about QC, it also allows us to do things faster. When you have someone doing repetitive things, the quality gets better. We get faster at everything that we do. That's amazing. And I know the quality of homes that are being produced today versus many, many years ago has evolved. And I know just in terms of even energy efficiency, you talked about buying appliances in bulk. These are energy efficient appliances and things of that sort. So that is also some cost savings for residents as well. Construction has been around since the beginning of time. A lot of construction methods are probably the same as they were at the very beginning. And we kind of joked that construction hasn't changed a lot since maybe the nail gun. That was the most important invention. But luckily, offsite construction has been able to adapt to the population as things change. And so we're using robotics uh, in our facilities. If you've ever seen exoskeletons before, or rather, if you can imagine working above your head all day long, that's really strenuous. And by the end of the day, if you can imagine working in your yard all day, by the end of the day, you're like, 
let's get this over with, right? Well, we use robotics to do repetitive tasks so people can focus on the quality of the homes. So we have a robot in one of our facilities that cuts every floor decking piece. So every hole that plumbing comes through, every air duct, and it stacks it one at a time in order so that you or I could come and just grab the single board, place it in a spot like a puzzle perfectly and not have to deal with all the strenuous work and lifting. It's really, really cool. Yeah. But when you talk about energy efficiency specifically, we're doing things like Ecobee smart thermostats that is able to save on average 23% on energy costs. We have upgraded insulation in your homes. We have low E windows. Home building has really improved over the last several decades and we're excited to be a part of it. What's the average size, would you say, of, of a Clayton home? I mean, what do you sell most of? It's all over the board. That's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I love loaded questions. We have some facilities that specialize in single section homes that can be around seven to 1100 square feet. We have also multi-section homes on average, somewhere around 15 to 1600. Three bedroom, two bath is a common home size, but we're able to customize floor plans for whatever that homeowner's needs are. Uh, so it goes back to the facility. One facility will specialize in a particular type of home. But then within a region of the country, we'll have several facilities. And so they can deliver all types of different price points and sizes of homes within that area. I'm just curious in terms of uh, the consumer base too, have you seen some shifts? You know, just here in our office, we've had quite a few younger generation first-time home buyers. And what I've been hearing across the board is that how expensive it is to buy like a stick built home. The average cost has gone up exponentially. And here in Denver, I think average home cost is about a half a million or 400,000, half a million maybe. So have you seen maybe an influx in that younger demographic purchasing these homes? Yeah. So the population is shifting um, and what age groups taste are also changing. Uh, like you were talking about Denver home prices are high. The average U.S. census data says around $400,000 is the average on-site home uh, with land. You probably offer homes under $100,000 in your communities, which is a great solution. But there's two generations that are really, we're seeing changes. One is baby boomers and another is millennials. So I'm a millennial. So I'm one of those people that came out of college with tons of student debt, and I wasn't entering the home buying phase right out of college. And there's so many people like me out there. They're looking for what that starter home is, and a lot of starter homes don't exist today. And the other thing is baby boomers. I can relate to that as well. So people are looking at something what we call age in place. No longer do they want to move. They want to stay in their home and then live out their lives, but they want to be able to do it actively. And so they don't want the extra cost of a home. They also want features that we offer like single story, spaces, kitchens, maybe an extra master suite. So you can have a primary caretaker in the home. My father's one of those people. He's thinking about, you know, manufactured housing as a solution to his retirement so that he can cut down his cost, all the things that he has to take care of and enjoy his days at the lake. No, and we're seeing a lot of that too. And we're actually working on building a community from the ground up, from scratch, out in Austin or near Austin. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, even the homes that are getting placed there look a little bit different. The floor plans, 
might feel probably closer to a smaller format that's become kind of a big sort of thing, the accessory dwelling units, a smaller, not necessarily the same size as a manufactured home. They're kind of, they're not a tiny home. They're kind of in between. But we're even seeing the amenities in the community shifting too. So having common areas where it's shared garden space or bike storage, really just more community-based amenity spaces. So we're seeing a lot of that. So there is definitely a shift. And it seems like there is definitely more of an interest with even the millennial group that they want to not be bound to this crazy expensive mortgage payments, that this is a, a great alternative or an option for them where they still have the space, but they still have that sense of community. Now, I know you guys have been talking a lot at Clayton about sanctuary or home as sanctuary. People are starting to retreat home and home has become a place where people want to be versus it's not to drag anymore, I guess. Well, it's funny. It kind of ties into what you were just saying. People want to live an active lifestyle. And uh, I joke, if you get on Instagram and you see people my age, they will post pictures of them traveling where they've been for the weekend, a concert they went to, maybe they went to Spain, whatever it is, they're posting about what they're doing. And then maybe an older generation might be posting about things that they're proud of, like their family or their home or whatever that is. So people want to live active lifestyles, especially now. But we have a consumer insights manager, Julie. Uh, She's awesome. And uh, we used a third party to do research I can't speak to how many people were polled, but we came up with a set of questions. And the purpose of the research was to figure out how we can adapt to that population shift that you're talking about. And what we found was people didn't want home to be a burden to them. It was a sanctuary. And the home today versus a home maybe a year ago has to perform at a lot higher result. So some of those four things that we broke it out into was one was an emotional state. Home is a a feeling. So a house's first job is to provide safety and shelter. I think we can all relate to that. The next thing was psychological. Home is where I author my own style. So I'm free to do what I want within my home. Does that include like pink walls and... Absolutely. And our design center really grasped that. Our design team has multiple colors from cabinets, styles of cabinets, paint choices, exterior finishes. So we believe in that as a company. And then the third was physical. The home must function to suit my one-of-a-kind lifestyle. So I'm taking this podcast today from a future nursery, home office, and exercise studio. And I think we can all relate to that. So we will dedicate part of your home to flex space. It can be whatever you need it to be. And then people like to have that. And I'm sure that's something that you see in a lot of your residents. The last thing we found out was the future needs. So home is my hub. And uh, that's where I was saying like our life from home requires our houses to be more than a retreat from the living that we do in the world. It's got to be a place that fulfills all the needs as we turn inward at, in certain times. And the last six months has really changed how people think about their homes. I've noticed, I'm sure Home Depot sales, any sort of home improvement store out there, they're probably seeing a lot of that. People are spending more time in their homes. They're realizing, hey, I want to make my space feel as as if it's my own sanctuary. I mean, I'm doing the same thing right now. We, you know, we remulched the yard. We're painting the inside of our home. And people are really thinking about home a little bit differently. 
more than 22 million Americans live in manufactured housing across the country. I mean, besides just the economics of living in a manufactured housing community, it makes financial sense. But what else do you think is really causing that increase in manufactured housing in general? You have to go back to affordable housing crisis. So in the last 10 years, we've seen wages increase 17%, but the average home price increased 76%. And so affordable housing is a real issue. We're lucky to be at the forefront of that. Manufactured Housing Institute says about eight and a half million homes, manufactured homes are out there in the U.S. And um, that makes up about 10% of the housing stock. So when you think about the situation that we're in and affordability, you talk about people want to have active lifestyles, the starter homes, the millennials, there's tremendous potential for what manufactured homes can do uh, for the country. Just in terms of the future of manufactured housing, Are you seeing that maybe people are even wanting to go a little bit smaller or is it kind of all over the board? It's definitely all over the board. It goes back to everybody has their own needs. We're able to fulfill that through our network of builders. So when you talk about the future of the industry or how we can be a solution, there's a new HUD coded product called Cross Mods and it's built um, with similar site built standards that you would see like an elevator roof pitch, a permanent foundation drywall interiors. And what that allows a customer to do is obtain traditional financing. And so when we look to grow from 10% as an industry to maybe something greater, cross mod homes is definitely a solution that has come up in the last two years that we're excited about. Is this cross mod home, is this actually being sold now or is it still in development? There's subdivisions popping up across the country. There are several of them in Tennessee that I've seen. One was called Village of John Severs here in Knoxville. There was another one being done uh, in Lenore City, Tennessee, and another one in in Nashville. When you look at the time and the cost of starter homes or on-site built homes, cross-mod home can get you in a price point, you know, starting near the $200,000 range. And so it's just a good solution for other people to consider. In the manufactured housing industry, Trina Spindle is what we affectionately call a lifer. She'll help us dispel some of the myths about modern manufactured homes, as well as highlight some of the ways the industry has changed over her 30-year career. How has the industry changed over time? Oh, wow. The houses have changed tremendously. I remember me first walking in one and every one of the houses I saw were either like in that mauve color or a blue, the carpet, the walls, everything. So it's blue carpet, blue countertops, blue wallpaper. And for years, that's the way it was. And the funny thing about the manufactured housing is, uh, you know, they always called them trailers or mobile homes at first. And now it's manufactured homes. And they look so much more like homes. When I first started it, everything was pretty cookie cutter. You know, every single thing had that humongous bathtub with the mirrors around it. You just weren't selling if you didn't have one of those. And that's what we sold. I think from there, it went to where the manufacturing plants were keeping up with what the trends were going. So the next thing you saw was like 
the big bread boxes, you know, that pulled out the drawers that pulled out. Then it went to people wanted the closets and their bathrooms so that, you know, and then it was the more wide open space instead of the kitchens that were closed off. There's just been so many changes and now they even put front porches on some of them. And of course, as they've gotten larger with the double wides, there's some amazing things that they've done. Even now, you know, I walk in them now and I think, gosh, they just keep building with the trends. Like now they have the little things in the kitchen to where you can even plug your phone in to charge it. They have the pot fillers that are up on the wall. So it's amazing what they've done. And they are just like a home and they're so beautiful. With the popularity of tiny homes, minimalism, people downsizing, what trends are you noticing in the manufactured housing industry? Is it mostly millennials looking for something affordable? You know, the thing we're seeing right now is so many people, not just the younger people, the older people are downsizing. It's not just double wides. It's everything. I mean, these houses can meet the needs of every single person. So we've seen lots of people that are more my age, retirement age, that want to downsize. And so they're selling off their big houses and things and moving in and then traveling. But they have a home base. So they're still so beautiful and so comfortable that the people are willing to do it. They still have a place to call their own, but then they can still invest in their traveling and then things that they wanted to do for years in a retirement age. We've had a rash of one bedrooms, actually. That's kind of like the smaller apartments. That way people can have their yards and they can have their private space, but yet they can still go to school. You know, we have lots of parents that have bought their children homes, like a one bedroom home or a little small two bedroom home where they can have a roommate. So they're not in a dorm. They have more of that privacy, that space that they can study, that they can go outside and grill. They can have their pet. So it's really an awesome thing we're seeing for all people of all walks of life. I know you have great style. I can see all the decorations in your she shed behind you. It looks incredible. What design trends are you seeing among buyers? I'm actually in my living room. Uh, My she shed would probably wipe you out. My husband had some guys come in this week. He's a fishing guide. And they came in and Cliff opened the door to my she shed and they went, whoa, that's just a lot. We got to back out. It is a lot. But that's what makes things so great about personal spaces. And I think that's what people do in their homes also. If we can get them to feel comfortable to where a little piece of them goes into that home and they feel like, you know, it is their sanctuary. And so trends, like you said, you know, the huge thing right now is all farmhouse and The lighter colors, which is great if people are in, you know, a smaller home. The neat thing about the homes, another trend is, though, is that they're doing the tape and textured ceilings to where the height of it makes such a big difference. The vaulted ceilings really make the difference in making it feel larger. And so I notice that a lot of them are doing that and a lot of the tape and textured walls away from the old wallpaper and the pinks and the blues and things that they had uh, the wall covering over the sheetrock. And now it's more looks like regular walls. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, just the way that they're made, they can put their pictures up there and not have to worry about them falling down. (laughs) The decorating part of it, like I said, the new pot fillers that people are using, that's such an important thing, I think, right now, because so many people are staying home 
and cooking before nobody cooked. The virus is horrible. But the thing is, is I've seen more people really get together as a family. Like I know my daughter, she's had to help her kids learn to fix cookies. And that's what they do on some of their schooling stuff is they fix a meal. They learn to put a meal together on the table. So it's important, you know, the homes that we are selling and that we're offering our customers meet their needs. And I think that's an awesome thing. What other features are people looking for in a home these days? Because of everybody's becoming some more electronically focused, uh, just the fact that they even have the charging stations in some of the kitchens is amazing. I mean, they actually have it up there on the wall. That's great. You know, I catch myself a lot of times because I am on three time zones and I'm sure with so many people working at home, they're facing the same issue that I may go in if it's eight o'clock at night and I have somebody working at six, you know, I can plug in in the kitchen. You know, I have a shelf up there I can put computers on. And I think that's the thing is with the islands that we have now and those chargers are even built into the islands that they can, you know, do some of their work if they have to while they're cooking. Uh, while they're taking care of their kids. So many of them are having to school their kids at home. So many of them have bars. They can put that at the end of the bars. They still have a charging station place for their computers, place for their phones. So it makes it very easy for them to be able to transition work and school from their houses. I think a lot of people would be surprised at how new manufactured homes actually look these days. They probably picture an old Airstream camper trailer, but in reality, these homes look very modern and the building standards are quite high, right? People's reaction is funny when they, a lot of them, if you ask them if they've seen a mobile home before, they're like, oh no, not really. My grandmother used to have one or something and that you open the door and they are just like, wow. And you know, you're always looking for that, the wow factor, because so many of them haven't seen them. And they are actually a home. They're just built in a factory. And you're right. They're they're put on wheels, but they are a home. They're beautiful. I mean, they have porcelain sinks. A lot of them have the farm sinks. So they're just not what most people think that they are. Thank you for listening to What Living Means. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a rating or review on your preferred podcast app. We'd really appreciate it. I'm Vanessa Jasinski, and I'll see you next time.